right, 2 Peter chapter 1, if you would, please. I was going to pull a joke on some of you men and call you up here to sing like I did, but I won't do that. You could all go about the back door instead of coming up to the front, so it's funny what runs through my mind. <laughs> this preaching will help it tonight, by the way, probably why the Lord let me do that. 2 Peter chapter 1, let me pray and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Appreciate your word. Appreciate you being here. Lord, we need you here. Pray you're here. Lord, we need the Spirit of God here, Lord, to give give unction, Lord, to give understanding, to give light, Lord, and pray you take it to our ears and down into our heart, Lord, and pray we put to practice what we hear tonight from your word, Lord, we'll thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Sunday night's here, we're going through the seven, seven additives, seven, seven add-ons to your salvation, nothing for salvation, but after you're saved, seven things here in the book of seven Peter, Second Peter that we've been covering, and we started out with the verse one, which is virtue, we covered virtue. That's how you behave, behave, and God does, it does matter to God how you behave. Uh, it does matter to God how you behave. I'm going to say it again. It does matter to God how you behave. You'll see how, how much it matters to God when you get to the judgment seat of Christ, but it matters to God how, much you, how you behave. You don't have liberty to serve yourself. You have liberty to serve Jesus Christ. So that's where the real mistake and false teaching and false doctrine of today is. Well, now I'm saved. I can just go live like I want to live because of eternal security. Eternal security is not a license to serve sin. Eternal security is a license to serve Jesus Christ for what he did for you. There's a real difference there, right? But virtue, we covered virtue. I won't rehash virtue. Last week, we covered knowledge, informed. So he tells you how to behave, and he says you need to be informed, informed. You need to know some things. You need to know some things. He tells you to study. He tells you to study. Your flesh doesn't want to study, but there's, there's a profit to studying, all right? Your flesh says, I don't want to study. Your spirit says, I want to study. You know, I don't know how to study. Well, just sit down and start studying, and you'll be surprised what the Lord will do for you. And then give attendance to reading. Sometimes you just sit down and you read, and then sometimes you just meditate on what you heard. You meditate on the Word of God, not the world's meditation, not the yoga. Don't put yourself and empty yourself. You empty yourself, seven more devils will come. You better be careful with that stuff. All right, you garnish that thing. You don't empty yourself and just let yourself go. Not by, no, you guard your heart. You guard your mind. You guard it with the Word of God. You fill it with the Word of God. But it talked about knowledge. And now we'll come tonight to the third one here, and this is a hard one for us. This one here, well, it'll help us if you'll get a hold of it. It'll help me. It'll help you. And it's one of those things here. So in verse number 4, 2 Peter chapter 1, it says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding and great precious promises, that, that, that uh, by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, there's your salvation, partaker of the Lord, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. It's a corrupt world. And so you have those, those emotions, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, those three things, they, they'll corrupt you. Your flesh, your flesh is corrupted. I, I, if you can get a hold of anything else tonight, as much as you hear it in this church, I pray it's gotten into you, you better remind it, this thing that you, that you live in, that you live in, that your, your body it's corrupt. It's not saved. It's corrupt. It'll hurt you. It, 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 it will hurt you. It'll destroy you if you listen to your flesh. That's your biggest battle, what your flesh and what the spirit wants. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak, right? You know what you need? You know what you work on? You don't work on your strengths. You work on your weaknesses. Your flesh is weak. So all those things the Bible tells you to lay aside and put on and hold to and those things, that you better get a hold of that stuff. So right here he's going to give you seven things. And you can't put these over the old flesh. You've got to put off the old to put on the new. New clothes don't fit over, over old clothes. When you go to the, I hate, I hate going in the dressing room. I've always hated going in the dressing room. I, 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 I've been the same size since I was 15. 
tried. I tried. I tried. I, in my mind, I believe I'm the same size I was when I was 15. I go in, I buy the same size pant, and then I usually have to have my wife take them back and get the right size. Why? I hate going in the dressing room. And if I'm going to try on a shirt, I'll just take a shirt off and try it right over the clothes I'm, I got on. But it don't fit. And then when you get home, you really put it on, you're like, that's too big. Yeah, I'm like, okay. It, but you see, the, you see the illustration? You can't put the new over the old. You've got to put off the old to put on the new. All right, so here's some things the Lord's going to tell you here in Second Peter here. So verse number 5. He says, and besides this, giving all diligence, so give all diligence, add, add to your faith. Listen, you don't add anything to be saved. There's no, it doesn't, we're not Church of Christ, we're not Church of God, we're not those people that add and believe you can lose your salvation and Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons and all those other religions. They're wrong, the Bible's right. That's what makes them a cult. They add to the, it's Jesus and Jesus alone. There's nothing else to add to it. We don't follow some pope. We don't follow some person who wrote a book. We don't follow more. We don't follow, we follow Jesus, his words. And so he says, add, but these things is what you add to your faith. So after you're saved, you don't get everything. You, you got to work at it. Work out your own salvation. Add virtue, add knowledge. And here's the third thing he'll tell you to add. Verse number four, five, and besides this, giving diligence to all, uh, add to your faith virtue and the virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance. So tonight I would like to cover the word temperance for us. Temperance. If you recall, not too, too long ago, we preached through the fruit of the Spirit, and one of the fruit of the Spirit is what? It's temperance. So it is interesting that temperance is something here that you add. I'll show you how these two things will go together here at the end. But let me just pull out some things here for you to start out with. Let me give you a definition from just, just a Webster 1828 definition, but a word that you want to know what temperance is, it's moderation. It, the word really means restrain, to be able to restrain yourself. You know, one of the hardest things we have in our, in our body is to be able to restrain ourselves, is to be able to tell your flesh no. When the Spirit says, hey, don't do that, but your flesh wants to do it, you know what temperance is? Temperance says, I'll listen to what God says, and I'll restrain myself from opening my mouth. I'll restrain myself from doing that. We'll get into some things here. You, why? Because we just think we can do anything. In today's world, people think they can just run their mouth whenever they want to run, run their mouth, say whatever, wanna, whatever they want to say. That's not temperance. Temperance says, hey, put a bit and a bridle to it, right? Hardest thing for us to do is bridle our tongue. Nowadays, bridle your fingers. Right? Restrain, 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 restrain. You know what the hardest thing you got to do is restrain your flesh. So here in Peter, here he says, all right, here's what you need to add to your faith. You need to add temperance, temperance. Uh, temperance is opposite. The opposite is no restraints. Well, that sounds like the world today, right? The world has no restraints. Do what you want to do. Live like you want to live. Who cares? Well, God has restraints. You know God has boundaries, God has barriers. You know God has lines that you're to live in. We're, we, oh, preacher, you're preaching standards. You know, no, 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 preaching the book. That book will give you standards. You know what happens there? There's no restraints. I can do whatever I want to do, live like I want to live. And all, that's not the Bible. That's the flesh saying you have no restraints. That's the opposite of temperance. That Bible tells you, hey, listen, there's a line. Don't cross it. There's a line. Don't cross it. You know what, the, what most, most say people want to do? They want to live real close to the line. You live close to the line, you'll fall over the line. It's better to separate yourself and back way up from that thing and get a hold of that book and say, you know what, that book has restraints. Take your Bible, if you want. I'll try to lay down a little bit of a principle here for it, and I'll give you some things here tonight. Go to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs 16. Give you a principle for the word restraint, for the word temperance. Proverbs 16. 
It's used in Acts 24. It's also found in Galatians 5. It's found, that word's only found a few times, three times in your Bible. But the principle you'll pick up here in Proverbs chapter 16, I'll just give you a suggestion. You go do with what you would like, but reading a proverb a day will help you. It's just a great book to read. It instructs you. It tells you. It tells you and gives you great instruction. Every, every verse of that will give you, give you great instruction of, of what you need. The Spirit indeed is willing. You know what the Spirit of the Lord says? Hey, put off that stuff. There's restraints. Hey, be ye angry and sin not. I got it, but just flying off the handle, screaming and yelling. Listen, listen, listen. I could talk to your kids. I could listen to your kids talk, and I can know how you talk in your house. What you do at a little, they'll do in excess. And when dad's yelling and screaming in the house, usually kids pick up on that stuff, and you can kind of pick up on their temperament too. It passes. That passes. Amen. Better have some restraints. I'll get to that in a little bit there, but there's restraints, man. You know, you don't, you, you know what one restraint could be? You don't have to argue with your spouse. You don't always have to have a, a, something to come back with. Sometimes it's better just to shut your mouth. That's called temperance. That's called using restraint. Why do I have to get in the last word? Why do I have to pound my fist and let her know that I'm a man? Why do I have to pound my fist as a woman and tell her what I think? Sometimes the Lord says, hey, what about temperance? What about just be quiet? Why? Your flesh doesn't want to do that. But the spirit indeed is willing. So you have to add Proverbs 16, verse 32 again. He said, he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that, here it is, ruleth his spirit, than he that taketh a city. Ruleth his spirit? Well, look at Proverbs 25, please. Proverbs 25. You got a spirit of man. You got an unclean, there's unclean spirit. There's a spirit of man, there's a spirit of God, and there's unclean spirits. You don't want anything to do with unclean spirits. And you better rule over that spirit of man, that flesh, and you better let the spirit of God rule. And you better get a hold of that. That's how you're going to add temperance. That's how you're going to add restraints. I'm with you, sis. I'm about ready to melt. I got you in Proverbs 25, 26, whatever it is. And look at verse 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without what? Without restraints. There's no walls. There's nothing restraining. A man who will not rule over his own, his own spirit. If you would, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. <clears throat> Unbridled. Nothing, nothing, nothing there to control you. Nothing there controlling me. You're out of control. That's someone who lacks restraints. That's one who, someone who lacks, who lacks temperance. Isn't it amazing that the Lord says you have to add? Peter says there in the Bible you have to add temperance. Listen, there, you, you need restraints. You know the world today, there's, there's no restraints. Just fly off the handle, say what they want to say. I was just telling the people here, if you came in late, my daughter sent me a picture there on campus. It was full-blown uh, uh, lockdown there, guns ablazing with the sheriff office and guys on the ground in there, stuff like that. What is that? That's just men wanting to go out and do what they want to do with no restraints. Listen. Bible tells you you need restraint. Do not turn yourself loose and just do whatever you want to do. You'll do what you think's right in your own eyes, and your heart will take over, and it's desperately wicked, and you'll end up a mess. You'll end up hurting somebody. You'll end up hurting yourself. And I'll show you in a moment. You hurt your family and hurt others along the way. The Bible says you need restraints. You need to be able to restrain yourself. You need to be able to say, you know what, Lord? I'm just going to back away from that. 
I don't need to do that. I don't need to say that. I don't need to get back at them. I don't need to revile them. Revile, revile not them that revile you. Lord, I don't need to speak back. Lord, I don't need to say, appreciate it, Lord. That's the Lord helping you. And boy, you need the Lord's help. So here in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, look what he says in verse 1. Apostle Paul here saying, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That filthy, that filthy of the spirit, your, the mind, there's restraints. Listen, you got some filth in you. Don't let the filth control you. You know what cuts loose and gets you in trouble? Your flesh, the filth. The filth of the spirit, the filth of the flesh there, it's in us still. Go Take your Bible if you would. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. You need barriers. You need barriers. Paul says it this way. You know the verse, but I will take it there just so you understand it. Preacher, you know, I'm saved. I can do what I want. No, you can't. Not without consequences. Not without going against what the book says. Paul says, well, the things I should do, I don't do. And the things I don't do, I should do. That's not liberty to say, well, I, just can, I can sin when I want to sin. That doesn't give you, well, Paul sinned, and you know, he, there's not, Paul couldn't do what was right. Paul did a lot that was right. That was just a reminder there's no good thing in my flesh. Paul didn't walk in the flesh. Paul walked in the spirit most of the time. When you walk in the flesh, that's where he said, okay, the things I should do, I don't do, and the things I don't do, I should do. That's walking in the flesh. He said, you got to put that stuff off, put on a new man, and the new man says, I can do all things through Christ with strength in me. See the difference? The old man, the old flesh says, oh, I, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to sin anyway. That's your flesh. Spirit of God says, hey, I can do right. Live soberly, godly, and righteously in this present world. Yeah, big difference, right? You got to have some restraints. Don't just cut yourself loose and say, well, I'm going to sin anyway, so what's the point? No, the point is you don't have to. Say, I'm going to take the way out. I'm going to obey God. So here in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, look at verse number 23. Again, temperance, temperance, restraints, restraints, moderation. <clears throat> 1023, you know the verse. Paul says, all things are lawful for me. See, preacher? Yeah, but finish it. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. You know, he said, you know what, there's some things I could probably do, and I had the liberty to do it, but you know what, I had temperance, and you know what, I don't do it because I had some restraints, and knowing that if I did it, it might hurt others. If I do this, it might hurt others. Just because it's okay to do doesn't mean I have to do it. You got to use the strengths. Just because it's lawful doesn't mean it's expedient. Doesn't mean you should do it. There's times where you should just take the high road and say, you know what, Lord, appreciate it. I'm not going to do that. It might be okay to do and things like that, but it could offend someone else. It could hurt someone else. You know what temperance says? I can restrain myself. I don't have to do it. Yeah, your flesh says, I'm going to do it anyway. Who cares about everybody else? Well, God does. He says you're to esteem others more highly than your own self. Sometimes you consider others, and you say, what? You know what? It's okay if I probably did that, but you know, so-and-so or so-and-so might see me, and you know, maybe they don't. Maybe they take offense to it. So you know what? I'm just not going to do it. That's temperance. That's you being able to restrain your flesh. That's you saying, you know what? I can have some restraints. I can submit myself to the Lord. Why would I, why would I, why would I even take the opportunity or a chance to hurt somebody else? I'll just restrain myself. You know what no temperance says, no restraints? I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to do it anyway. See the difference? 
Paul says, you know what, just because it's lawful doesn't mean it's expedient. Take your Bible and go to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'll give you some illustrations. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Nothing controlling you. Listen, you better have something controlling you. Listen, if you don't have something controlling you, every sin that Bible tells you you can do, you will still do it. You can still do it. Your, your, your temper can get so bad you kill somebody. Yeah, save people. Save people. Didn't David kill somebody? Yeah, he sure did. He committed murder, didn't he? You say, well, I, I'd never do that. If you don't have restraints, you turn yourself loose. You have no idea. Uh, the Bible says your heart's de- it, it, it's desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. I don't even want to know how wicked my... I'm glad, I'm glad the Lord with that book put some restraints on me. If I turned myself loose to myself, what a mess I'd be and what a mess you'd be. And sometimes we do turn ourselves loose, and it don't take us long to figure out how bad we can be in a hurry. You can get so bad, you don't even, you don't even think you're saved anymore. That's how bad it is when you have no restraints. So let's look here at some examples here. 1 Samuel chapter 3, you know Eli, right? Here in 1 Samuel 3, he's got two boys. Let me get there myself. 1 Samuel chapter 3, pick it up if you would, please, in verse 11. The Bible says in uh, 3.11, And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it, it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him, talking about Eli, that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. Because his sons made themselves vile, and he, what? He restrained them not. You go back and read chapter 2, and in there, he was a priest there, and he told those boys there, hey, listen, you go in there, and they get in there in chapter 2 there, and they start eating that, eating that food before the fat's burned off. And they're not supposed to eat the food until the fat's burned off because the fat belongs to the Lord. You give to the Lord before you give to yourself. And those boys said, I don't care what God says. We're going to do it anyway. And Eli knew about it. You know what Eli did? He did nothing. He did nothing to restrain his boys afterwards. Oh, he came in. He warned them there. But afterwards, you know, Eli did nothing to, to, to take that and say, hey, boys. Hey, boys, you know what you did? No, you're no longer to hold those offices. Eli should have done something to restrain them. He did nothing. You better listen, ladies and gentlemen. You better put some restraints on your kids. Amen, amen. I'll amen the message. You don't have to amen it. You say, well, preacher, nowadays, well, you know, you know, parents nowadays, you know, they, they don't really say no and everything kind of goes. Not in my house. You better have some restraints in your house. You better add some temperance to that and say, you know what, kids? You know what the Bible says? I'm not going to let you go out there and run yourself amok and run yourself in the ditch and let you just go and do what you want to do. In my house, there's restraints. He said, I don't have rest- I'm not restraining my kids. Listen, you know what you want to show your kids love? Add some temperance. Add some restraints. Use the word no when no is needed. You're not looking to be their friend. You're looking to be their parent. That Bible tells you you love your kid when you discipline your kid. You hate your kid when you don't. That's the opposite of the world's message. The world has no restraints on their kids, none whatsoever. They go and do what they want to do. Their parents don't even know where they're at. You should know where your kid's at. You should know what your kid's doing. Well, preacher, you know, I mean, listen, listen. Come on now, adults. Don't trust your kid. Just think about yourself. You couldn't trust yourself when you're that age. Don't trust your kid. 
put some restraints. Don't even give them that opportunity. Why? The devil knows how to get in there. The devil knows what to put in front of them. The devil knows how to get them. The world knows how to get them. You better protect with some restraints. You better add some things. Eli went in there. You know what happened to those kids? He killed God killed them. I buried plenty didn't have restraints. Thought they could live like they want to live. Do what they want to do. I'll, I'll use drugs if I want to use drugs. You can use drugs, but you'll die. I know plenty that haven't died yet. I wouldn't. I would not press God on that. I'll drink if I want to drink. You better add some restraints. Well, nowhere in the Bible, there's plenty in the Bible that says you're not to drink. You're not even to look upon it. So if you can't look on it, how can you drink it? But you better add some restraints. Oh, it's just a little bit. You better add some restraints. You better add temperance. You better get rid of it all. Why? It'll hurt you. It'll hurt you. It'll hurt your family. Eli's decision hurt his family, hurt his kids, men, men. Dads, listen to me, dads. Dads, you're responsible for that home. Well, you know, you know, whatever makes the wife happy. No, whatever makes God happy. Well, you know, whatever makes my kids happy. No, no, no. What makes God happy? That will help your home. That will add to your home what needs to be added to your home. And thank God for it. I don't care what the world's doing. You better get in your home some restraints. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're not bringing that in here. You ain't living here with that stuff. Listen, if your kid's over 18 and they're living in your house, they're 21 and older and stuff like that, they live by your rules. Not You don't live by their rules. Amen. It's your house. Aiken brought that stuff in. It destroyed the whole house. Don't let that garbage go on in your house. Amen, amen. So he put some restraints. Take your Bible if you would. <coughs> oh, Go to Judges 14, please. Judges 14. You know what those boys said? You know what those boys said? Listen to me now. You know what you say sometimes? I want what I want, and I don't care. I want what I want, and I'm going to do it, and I don't care. Something passes your eyes. Something goes in front of you. Something you know set before you. Set no wicked thing before thine eye. Something gets in front of you there, man. Your flesh kicks in. And it says, I'm going to do it no matter what. I don't care of the consequences. I'm going to tell you what, you don't get to dictate the consequences. You better understand that. Those boys said, hey, I don't care what God said. I'm going to do it anyway. I want what I want. That's your flesh. Your flesh will overrule your spirit in a hurry if you let it. And you think, oh, you know what? You know, I was going to preach a message, and I'm still going to preach it. Pride, pleasures, and propaganda, three Ps. That will destroy you. Pleasure will destroy you. You don't live for pleasure. You live for Jesus Christ. You need to be a pleasure to him. See, the world says, oh, just, you know, just a little pleasure. You get in trouble with pleasure. There's pleasure in sin for a season. You're not looking for your flesh to get pleasure. You're looking for God to get pleasure from your life. There's a difference. There's a difference. Restraints. Those boys say, I don't care, Dad. I don't care. You better let your kids know you care. I heard a preacher one time, he was giving an illustration about a little girl. A little girl came to his dad, his dad, his, her daddy and said, Daddy, is God dead? He said, why would you say something like that? He said, well, I haven't heard you talk to him very much lately. Your kids hear you talk to God? Your kids know you talk to God. 
Your kids should know that God's authority of your home. Your, God, your kids should know that God puts restraints on me and I, put, I use his restraints. And we're going to go with what God says. This is what God says. This is what God says. This is what God says. Dad and mom say what God says. Our home's going to be run by what God says. And there's restraints. Add temperance. Why? Look what happens in Judges. I must hurry. Judges chapter 14. You got Samson. You know the story of Samson. You know what Samson didn't have? Look at verse number 3. He says, Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all thy people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. You know what Samson couldn't do? He had no restraints on his lust. You better add temperance. You better add restraints. I was dealing with someone this afternoon. I'm going to tell you what, you better add restraints. Young man comes home, finds mommy with another man. That's a man that didn't add temperance. That's a woman that didn't add temperance. Whatever my flesh wants, it gets. Whatever your your flesh will destroy you. It destroyed Samson. Get me that woman anyway. David, David, get me that woman. I want her. David, you can have any, any, any other one. Why her? She's married. I want her. You better add temperance. You better add restraints. You better realize your flesh will get you in a mess in a hurry. I'd never do that. Well, the spirit won't, but your flesh will. And if you ain't having restraints, you'll say, I don't care. I'll throw it all down on the altar of my flesh. You'll destroy your marriage, your family, your kids. Your life. For what? Pleasure. See how pleasure can get you? The devil knows what pleasure is. What God meant for good, the devil will use for evil. See, he, God created you for his good pleasure. Not for you to seek your pleasure. Samson said, get me what I want. You know, if you don't add temperance, you know what you're going to say? I want what I want, get it for me. I don't care what it costs me. Get it for me. You better consider the cost. Go to Ecclesiastes, please. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. I won't leave you without the cure. I won't leave you without the help. But let's get to this part, and then we'll get to the good stuff. Back there in Peter, he said, listen, you better add virtue. You better add knowledge. And now you better add temperance. You better add that restraint. You better let someone inside of you restrain you. Why? Your flesh is wild. I use her as an illustration. I don't want her going back in her past, thinking about her past. But anytime Mrs. Gordon testifies that she, when she was young, she was wild, just cracks me up. But everybody has a flesh. Every one of us. And I don't care your age. It does not go away. I warn you young ladies all the time. You be careful of those old filthy men out there. Amen. They're running wild. They got no restraints. They got no restraints. You better have some restraints. You better be able to control yourself. 
Galatians tells you all those things in the flesh that you better have restraints for. Put away malice. Put away anger. Put away your temper. Put away bitter. Put all away that stuff. You know what, what un, unbridled restraint says that no temper says? I'll do it anyway. I don't care. I don't care. I'll scream if I want to scream. I'll yell if I want to yell. You're not telling me. Okay. No problem. But God's telling you. You might not listen to man, but you better listen to God. Why? God has a way to get your attention. Does he not? Say, he's never gotten my attention. Are you really going to really take on God that way? He's got boundaries. He's got lines. He put on more than you Ajax take off, as one preacher says. I wouldn't want to cross that line with God. I thank God for his mercy. I thank God he knows I'm an idiot, and he puts up with my idiocy sometimes, and he's real kind and real forgiving to me. But I tell you what, I don't want to push my limits with him. I know what that book says. I better add temperance. If I add temperance, I won't run my mouth that way. Well, I was on my way over here. I was on my way over here this afternoon. I went over to the store, come back. And I'm sitting at the light, and there's a, there's a lady in her car, and she has her phone up on her, on, her, on her steering wheel like this, and she's FaceTiming somebody and driving. I'm like, I want to blow the horn. I got a few things I like to tell her. That's my flesh. Doesn't your flesh get that way? And then I know what I'm preaching on tonight, and the Lord's like, you're not in your lane. I'm like, I know, Lord, but can I just not, please, please, she's right there. I mean, I just, I could preach a message in 20 seconds that it will change her life. The Lord's like, why don't you keep your mouth shut? Why? Because it's hard to keep my mouth shut. And I'm going to tell you, ladies, I'm not the only one that has a problem keeping my mouth shut. But the Bible tells you, you know what you need to do? When the Spirit of God says, be quiet, be quiet. And when he says, speak, speak, but have some restraints. Yeah, I'll keep you from a lot of spousal arguments. You know, you don't have to argue every day with your spouse. Every day is not a fight. Every day, listen, you're to love, your, you're to love one another. I realize there's some times you get some disagreement, but you know when the disagreements come? Only by pride cometh contentions. That means someone's not willing to put down the pride, either one of you or both of you there. Now, pride's gotten in there. You know what pride does? Pride keeps you from adding temperance. Pride says, I'm going to hammer my fist down, and I'm going to scream. I'm going to scream louder than you scream, and you're both screaming, and neither one of you are listening. You realize yelling gets nothing across? You know, uh, Brother Peacock was here before, and he's taught you about that audible, audio, audible, whatever stuff. He knows all that junk. I don't know anything about science and your brain and your stuff like that. But when someone gets louder, the person you're yelling at tunes you out. All you're doing is screaming into the air. You're just putting it in the wind and it's just blowing away. You think you're accomplishing something. You're not accomplishing anything at all, except, except, except letting your flesh get the best of you. And now you're going to have to deal with God. Because yelling and screaming at your kids does not accomplish anything. Yelling and screaming at your husband or screaming at your wife doesn't accomplish anything. The Bible says the soft answer turneth away wrath. Why, why do we always have to escalate it to a loud voice? The Lord don't speak to you that way. Doesn't God have every right to scream at us and yell at us? Yes. But doesn't he speak to you in a still, small voice? Isn't that something how that works? If you add temperance, you won't elevate your voice and scream at somebody. You know when you should scream? When a kid's about ready to run across the street. Then you can lift your voice. You know when you should scream? When you know Jesus saved your soul. You should scream for him. But what's the point of screaming at people? But we have no restraints. So we just cut loose. 
and we just let it go, and we blame it on our heritage, we blame it on anything we want to blame it on. I'm going to tell you what, God ain't worried about your excuses, he's worried about you obeying that book, and that book says add temperance. And with temperance will come restraints. So he comes back here in Ecclesiastes, and I must hurry. Thank you. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Here's Solomon. Look at verse 4. I made me great works. I built me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards, and I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruit. I made me pools of water to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens and had servants born in my house. Also, I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. Pretty sure he had everything, right? He had it all. Keep reading. I gathered me also silver and gold and peculiar treasures of kings and of provinces. I got me men, singers and women singers, and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me, and whatsoever my eyes desired, I kept not from them. He had no restraints. You know what got him in a lot of trouble? Why? Just like David, just like his father, women, he had no restraint when it came to them. What you, here's what you must do in order to do that. You must submit yourself. You must submit yourself to God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 18. You know the verse. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. You will not add temperance. All the way back in Galatians chapter 5 right there. And it says the fruit of the Spirit, and one of the fruit of the Spirit is what? It's temperance. You know who gives you that temperance? The Spirit of God will give it to you. You're filled with the Spirit of God, you can add temperance. You can have temperance. You'll have restraints. You'll let your conscience come along there. It'll say, don't do it, don't do it. And you'll say, you know what? You're right, you're right, you're right. I can restrain myself from doing that. I don't have to do that. What's the point of doing that? Matter of fact, I don't even want to do that. That's going to hurt me. That can hurt others. Can you imagine how many... How many relationships, how many marriages, how many people, how many families would be better off if people would have just added temperance instead of cut loose with their mouth, and now you can't get it back, and now siblings don't talk, kids and parents don't talk, because they could not restrain their mouth. There's something about being able to restrain yourself. The Lord says there, he says, put off that old man. Put on that new man. Your willingness to refrain yourself shows the Lord that you love him. Your willingness to restrain yourself will show the Lord that you love him. You know the problem we have? Is restraint. We think there's no boundaries. I can do what I want to do. That Bible clearly tells you there's boundaries. That Bible clearly tells you you should have some barriers. The Bible tells you there's some old paths there. Do you have any? Do you have some for your kids? Listen, parents. Part of Parenting 101, I'll just give it to you from the pulpit. You better set some barriers. You better set some boundaries. You better set some restraints. For me and my house, we don't do that. You're not bringing that in here. You're not watching that. You're not listening to that. Amen. I don't care how innocent it is in this old world here. You get Hollywood inside your house there, and I'm telling you what, you better put some restraints on that thing. For long, your kids are watching things. They perverted everything nowadays, by the way. Well, you know, this one's innocent. I'm going to tell you what, there ain't anything innocent out there. You better put some restraints on that thing. Why? They'll get your kid, and your kid will have no restraints. Your kid will show up and say, well, you know, you know what the world says? You know what, no restraints? I'll, I'll be a boy or a girl. I don't care. 
I'll be what I want to be. No one's going to tell me. That's the world today, is it not? You better protect your kid from that. Parent, as much as I hate the news and as much as you should stay away from the news, you do need to be a little educated on what's going on in that world out there and how they're trying to get your kid. And what they're telling your kid is, you know, you know your problem is your parents. See, your parents are trying to put restraints on you. We're, we're, we're going to cut you loose. We're going to let you be you. We're going to let you be the real you. You don't need your parents. You don't, you don't need your parents telling you what to do. Your parents shouldn't be able to tell you what to do. That's wicked. That's demonic. That's what the world wants to do to your kids. You know what you should be doing? Oh, God. Oh, God. No, I ain't getting my kid. I'm not putting my kid in that predicament. I'm not putting my kid in that position. Ah, uh, uh, well, listen, listen, you better help your kid out. Why? They want your kid. They're going to get in there and tell you you have no restraint. You go home, you don't have to listen to mommy and daddy. Yes, you do have to listen to mommy and daddy. God's book tells you you've got to listen to mommy and daddy. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. There's a restraint. Kids, youngins, you add to your life, add to your salvation, temperance, that says, you know what? I'm going to obey my mom and dad. Why? Because God tells me to obey my mom and dad. That's you adding temperance as a young person. And you need to add that. It does matter how you behave. It's not just for the adults. It's all the way down to the youngins. You better get a hold of that book. And you better add what you need added. Why? Your flesh will take over and it will destroy you just like it destroyed Eli's kids, just like it destroyed Aaron's kids, just like it destroyed Samson, just like it destroyed Solomon. It will destroy you. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Temperance, restraints. Oh, Lord, there's so much more to preach on it. I think, Lord, the Spirit of God can do a better job at it than I can, Lord, to take it to each heart or whatever it is in my life that I struggle with, Lord. I, I just can't put it down, that, that, that sin, that weight that so, that so easily besets me. Lord, if you add temperance, you can put that thing aside. Say, Lord, I'm going to have some restraints. I'm not going to continue to do that. That thing's got me long enough, man. I'm tired of that thing. Uh, I'm going to stop. I'm going to add some restraints. I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to burn that. I'm going to get rid of that. I'm going to have some restraints in my life, Lord. I'm not just going to listen to anything I want to listen to. I want to listen to things that are pleasing to you. I want to read things that are pleasing to you. I want to watch things that are pleasing to you, Lord. I'm going to put some restraints in my life. I'm not going to let my own, my own flesh and my own lust of my flesh and my eyes and the pride of life that take over for me. I want the Spirit of the Lord to fill me. And the Spirit indeed is willing, man. And you'll follow the Spirit. You'll do right. You'll add temperance and you'll add restraints. You won't get so frustrated in life. What's the point to getting so frustrated with people? Why people irritate you so badly? Why are we so soon angered? Why are we so soon to lose our cool? Why are we so soon to run our mouth? Why are we so soon to talk about people? Why are we so soon? Have some restraints. Have some restraints. You don't have to pass along everything you hear. You don't have to hit the send button. Yeah, have some restraints. Ask the Lord before you do it. Should I pass this along? Should I say this? Should I, should I open my mouth? Should I speak here? You know, a good thing to do is bow your head and ask the Lord. Lord, what did I say here? Should I speak? What should I do? Aren't you glad he can answer you? Aren't you glad you have a spirit of God inside you that will tap you down? Rile you up when you need riled up and tap you down when you need tapped down. Add 